Hey everybody, Colt here. Thanks for stopping by and checking out our podcast. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, be sure to check out our website, draftdive.com, or follow us on Twitter, at draftdive, and at underscore Colt Williams. Now, enjoy the episode. Welcome back, everybody. It's another edition of the Draft Dive Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jonah, joined as always by my co-host Colt. Colt, how's it going out there? Oh, it's going well, Jonah. Thanks for asking. I uh, we we got a little bit of news here earlier today of Deshaun Watson. Um, it looks like he's having season-ending, you know, issues. He's he's. I think I'm not sure if he's having surgery or when that's going to be happening, but. Looks like it's your your boy uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson going to be suited up for the Browns. What do you think about that? Yeah, um, that's probably not great news for Browns <laughs> fans. Because um, yeah. Deshaun Watson, I would say, you know, hasn't really been tearing it up. It's still, still definitely a noticeable step down. Yeah, I mean, at, at six and three, that's the Browns' record, uh, and in a very competitive division. I, I, you know, it's tough. I, I don't know how you, I mean, PJ Walker, I guess is suitable, but I guess is, is ceiling us capped. We know what PJ Walker is. We don't know what DTR is. Maybe that's where they're going with, but usually you don't see this in the middle of the season when you're, you have a winning record um, and you, you know, you're looking for a playoff spot. So, I mean, there's a lot of teams in the AFC who, who can make it into the playoffs and it's just very, very competitive over there. Maybe that's why they're seeing that. Maybe they don't think they have a chance, but I think they certainly do. I think it's anybody's ball game at this point, especially with the way their defense is playing. So, yeah, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. I uh, liked him a little bit of a prospect. I mean, he was fifth-round pick, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, he has wheels. We we saw him one start. <laughs> he got, like, 45 minutes to prepare because I think it was Watson got injured in, in pregame workup or workouts mm-hmm. and stuff like that, or they just decided that he wasn't going to be going. And then he plays the Baltimore Ravens. So not only did he get, get no prep time, he also played one of the best beat defenses in the league. Uh, obviously he had a, a horrible outing, if you know anything about that game, uh, like 120 yards, three picks, a fumble. So it was a really tough outing. Not sure a week of practice is really going to help against the Steelers, but never mind. We'll, 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 we'll see here. Uh, we'll see on Sunday for sure. Yeah, no, it's definitely tough. They'll be, I don't know. They'll be looking for things, I guess, to turn out like they did for Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Josh Dobbs doesn't grow on trees. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed for the Browns organization because you might have just got your last last win of the season. But nevertheless, um, let's go ahead. Let's get into our starts and sits. I'm going to start off with a guy here, um, a little bit of, of foreshadowing. Uh, it might not be a household name, but I, I think he's slowly getting there because of the popularity. But Brock Purdy versus the Bucks. Mm-hmm. After stinking it up for a handful of weeks, Brock Purdy, he he enters the bye. He enters the hyperbolic time chamber, and he comes out a new man. I mean, he comes out, throws 300 yards, three touchdowns. Having Debo Samuel uh, back is, is huge for Brock. It takes a, a ton off his shoulders. They can use him in multiple ways. He had a rushing touchdown just last week. He opens up the offense as a whole. 
The Bucks, they're a layup for good quarterbacks. Over the past month, the Bucks are averaging, um, uh, allowing over an average of 300 yards passing and almost two touchdowns to quarterbacks. Brock Purdy's full go against the Bucks here this week. Yeah, no, the Bucks have been kind of a little popular for us to pick on recently. You know, they're not a terrible team, but that pass defense isn't very good. And yeah, I would I would think that Purdy is back on track now and probably has a three touchdown game against them. Yeah, it's it's not not going to be too hard for him. Uh, that 49ers, de- the, the defense stepped up against the, the Jags and just the offense is clicking. They're, they're looking like they're playoff bound. Yeah, San Francisco's back again. You know, didn't leave for too long. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to go with Jared Goff taking on Chicago. Um, so Jared Goff has a pretty juicy matchup himself taking on Chicago, and I just think he's going to exploit that matchup and put up some really elite numbers this week. Yeah, no, I love the pick. He's at home. We know Jared Goff uh, over the course of his his career. He's always played better at home, and now he gets this matchup here against the, the Bears. It, it's a nice pick. Uh, certainly Jared Goff should have a good week. Uh, I'm going with another start here. Another popular name. But hasn't been a popular player, hasn't really um, lived up to the draft value uh, you know, or the hype. I'm talking about Tony Pollard. Uh, Tony Pollard mm-hmm. at the Panthers. It's been a long time coming. Last week, you know, the Cowboys put up 49 against the Giants, and everyone scored. Everyone but Pollard. Uh, even Rico Dowdle uh, scored his backup running mate. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if there's a time for him to do it, it's against the Panthers. You know, you would think uh, on the course of the season, you know, the Panthers, they've given up the most rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. Tony Pollard hasn't had a touchdown since week one. So it's been a long time coming. You know, the Cowboys have been blowing out teams. And, yeah, it's just this is the time. If he doesn't do it now, I will be shocked. They've allowed the second most fantasy points to the running back. Like I said, allowed the most rushing touchdowns. Tony Pollard has to hit this week versus the Panthers. Yeah, um, Panthers strong against the pass, not so strong against the run. Well, very weak against the run. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's time time for everyone's early first round pick to to pay off. And yeah, like you said, if it doesn't happen this week for Pollard, it's, I don't know, that's scary, I guess, for all Pollard owners. Yeah, I mean, last week, like I said, they put up 50 points and Pollard wasn't even involved. Like 15 carries, you know, no usage in the pass game. Didn't do much with those 15 carries under, under four a carry. And yeah, we want to we want to see something out of last year's, uh, you know, running back seven. He was super electric in the backup role. Yeah, he needs he needs his touches and he should get them this week. So that's good news for all all you Pollard holders out there. Uh, I'm going to go with a guy who broke out last week and I think continues his breakout this week. That's Devin Singletary uh, taking on the Cardinals this week. Another real weak matchup. Uh, Cardinals weak against the run. Now they've got uh, they've got Kyler back, so they're going to be keeping it closer. It's not going to be blowouts. It's not going to be, you know, just run the ball against them the whole game, but it's still a weak run defense. 
And I think Singletary again takes advantage of a weak run defense and has another game. Yeah, no, I love it. Damian Pierce, he isn't practicing here on Wednesday. Um, it doesn't mean he's not going to play, but it's not not good to be sidelined still um, after you've missed Week 9 and Week 10. So, yeah, with this layup matchup, if Singletary is by himself, I, I'm totally fine plugging him in as like a, a, like a middling running back two. Um, I think actually... I'm not sure if, you know, they want them to blow him out. We saw that uh, previously, and he's not involved at all. So maybe just having the game close or just having a career day would hopefully, you know, hint over to the coaches that, hey, get me more involved. Like, I, I can do this. And, uh, yeah. yeah, love the Singletary pick there. I'm going, this one's kind of a chalk pick. Um, Terry McLaurin versus the Giants. The Giants, they just got beat up by Dallas. I was speaking about that before. Every single receiving position just went absolutely nuclear. Um, you pair that with Sam Howell, who is, you know, one of the best passers in the NFL so far on the season. I mean, he's the leading uh, yardage leader right now. Mm-hmm. He has he's had a sixth game over 290 passing yards. He has his third consecutive 300 plus passing yard day. I think McLaurin is absolutely going to feast here against the Giants. Yeah, that's it's one of those. Almost, you know, kind of the no-brainer picks, but McLaurin's a little down in uh, probably in rankings, so it's good to re- good reminder that hey, he's taken on a team that he should exploit. As you said, yeah, his quarterback is literally leading the NFL in passing yardage, so probably a good good time to pay attention to this guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go uh, and go with. Someone a little little deeper here. Well, I don't know about deeper, but I'm going to go with Adam Thielen. Uh, Adam Thielen against Dallas. I think that, well, Dallas should be a tough matchup for him, but I think that Thielen gets it back on track against him. Uh, they've kind of struggled against the number one receivers ever since uh, Diggs went down. And I think uh, Thielen gets back on track against Dallas in a bit of a shocker. Yeah. um, You know, we wanted to, if if there's any optimism, because Thielen, as you mentioned, wasn't really, he's kind of gone off track. Maybe that had to do with the play calling duties. They kind of got switched around. So it was the offensive coordinator, Thomas Brown. Uh, He was doing it for the last three games. Now it's going back to Frank Reich, who was calling plays earlier in the season. That was getting Thielen a ton of looks, a ton of targets, usage, everything like that. So, Hopefully uh, it goes back that way. Dallas does scare me. Obviously their defense um, and just their offense in general, um, you know, is playing lights out. They're going to put up points, so they're going to go to their best receiver. Thielen is their best receiver, so hopefully that's what gets them involved. But, yeah, I like Frank Reich coming back in as the play caller, um, and Adam Thielen is a guy I think you could certainly start here this week. Um, Let's get on to our tight ends. I'm going with a guy here, Luke Musgrave versus the Chargers. We just saw... We just saw the Chargers, I mean, uh, between the Lions and the Chargers, absolute shootout. We know the Chargers are going to put up points. We know their defense is going to allow points to be put up. So in a game, you know, I think this is going to be a huge shootout. There's going to be a good chance of him getting a touchdown. The Chargers, over the month, for the past month, they've been the worst against the tight end. Even on the season, they're bottom five against the tight end. I say the past month because... It's a little inflated. Kelsey had his best game. Uh, he went 12 for 179 and a touchdown. So absolutely mm-hmm. took off against them. But even some, you know, uh, middling tight, end, tight ends like Tyler Conklin, 
He caught everything thrown his way. He went six for six. Um, I mean, Cole Komet isn't a middling tight end, but not a household name quite. But he uh, he caught everything as well. They're just open for these. Uh, Ten catches, 79 yards. Yeah, Chargers are kind of giving it up to the tight end position. Luke Musgrave is a good Yeah, no, uh, I mean, we've seen the Chargers defense and kind of what it looks like. It's it is a shootout. Now, I will say Green Bay doesn't quite have the the overall offensive firepower that Detroit has, but doesn't mean that Green Bay is not going to be scoring points as well. And I mean, the Chargers, as you said, are going to be scoring points. So even if Green Bay's not, they're going to be throwing the ball to try and keep up with them. So makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I'm hope, open for the touchdown. I got to I got to start him in a week where I've got Kyle Pitts on on bye. So come on, oh, Luke, yeah. let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually I'm going to go with someone pretty deep here. Um, Michael Mayer is my my surprise start of the week here. Um, he the Dolph he's going against the Dolphins, so it's going to be a game of trying to keep up with the Dolphins, throwing it all day long. Um, but Mayer's been pretty solid in the receiving touchdown category. Uh, Miami's given up the 12th most points um, and seventh most yards to opposing tight ends. And so in a game where the Raiders are going to have to be throwing it quite a bit, you would think, uh, I think Michael Mayer, I think he sneaks in the touchdown and has a good fantasy week. Yeah, Michael Mayer. I mean, we know the Dolphins uh, are going to put up points. It's it's similar to Luke Musgrave, right? You're going to have to pass because mm-hmm. the other team's going to put up a ton of points, and uh, the the Dolphins are going to be putting put up more points than the Chargers uh, in most situations. They just have that firepower. Uh, Devon Achan is coming back, so um, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael Mayer. He isn't quite getting it done the receiving category as far as that. So you you are kind of banking on a touchdown, but as you mentioned, it is a deeper yeah. play, and uh, you know with a couple of teams on by. Uh, this might be your your chance to kind of sneak one in um, for sure. I'm going to go with my uh, defense start of the week here. We were talking about DTR, Dorian Thompson, Robinson earlier. I'm going with the Steelers. This is kind of a layup. Um, If you're going to start a rookie quarterback versus Mike Tomlin, he's 25 and 5 since Tomlin took over in 2007. So, yeah, it's kind of an easy layup there. We just saw an inexperienced quarterback play them um, on kind of a short notice with Will Levis. He only got a week to practice for that, and he didn't do too great. He actually threw for like 260, um, no touchdowns and a pick, but at the end of the day, Will Levis, I think in both of our eyes, is a much better prospect than DTR. And, I mean, like I said, it wasn't a great day when he had a short notice versus the Ravens. Like I said, didn't really get a fighting chance. Um, but I don't think, you know, a week's notice is going to really help them out. The Steelers, they're tied for first in total takeaways. That's interceptions and fumbles. And I expect them to take the lead after this week. TJ Watt, I mean, he's at 10 and a half sacks. He's only half a sack behind Miles Garrett and Daniel Hunter for the league lead. Yeah, this is going to be a long day for the Cleveland offense. Yeah, I mean, there's there's almost no way to disagree with that pick. Um, you know, the Steelers, I would expect them to have a double-digit fantasy day, which is very nice to have from your defense. It's, yeah, it's it's as about as no-brainer as it gets sacks. Though, I mean, I guess, you know, DTR is good at, he's athletic, so he might be good at escaping, but he's going to turn the ball over. The Steelers are good at converting those turnovers into defensive touchdowns as well. 
I, I expect a big day from Pittsburgh's defense. Yeah, I've got a question for you. I'm Well, real quick, I'm also cool with Cleveland versus the Steelers. Obviously, the Steelers kind of lacked on offense overall uh, with, with Kenny Pickett, but what do you think the over-under is on this? The, the line has changed since DTR's been named the starter, but guess what the over-under is? Ooh, man, that's got to be a tough one. I'll say 34. It is 32. Man. Yeah, you didn't yeah, shoot that's... quite low enough. It, <laughs> it's even lower. Over under lowest of the oh, lowest of the year um, so far, and yeah, it's it's absolutely abysmal. I I've got a I've have to check to see if the Giants play <laughs> the Giants play Cleveland or or anything like that because it's yeah it's it's not going to be not going to be great. It could be setting uh, under records here, but yeah. uh, speaking of the Giants, uh, I'm going to go with the Washington Commanders against the Giants. Um, for similar base, I mean, same reasons, rookie quarterback mm-hmm. who isn't very good, uh, you know, do I have to say much more about, you know, <laughs> New York, the New York Giants offense and how effective it's been this year, obviously not really effective at all. Washington, just a no brainer to, to go against them. Though I did mention again in, in my, uh, or in our waiver show to watch out for Matt Barkley sightings. So Matt Barkley could turn the whole thing on its head. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe so. (laughs) Perhaps. Um, I'm just looking at the Browns schedule. I saw that the the Jets were on the docket in week 17, assuming DTR makes it that far. um, I would expect that one to probably be even lower. (laughs) But Yeah, that's going to be an insane over-under. Yeah, that one's going to be a, a, a pretty tough one. Um but nevertheless, let's go ahead. We'll uh we'll move forward. I I love the Commanders. That was that was uh it's a layup pick there. That's top 10 defense this week. It, like I said, we just play even if they're a middling defense, like we would probably say we'd probably say the the Commanders are a bottom 10 defense, especially with losing, you know, some of their key defensive players uh before the trade yeah. deadline. And it's just they're playing a a bottom 2 offense so yeah you're just gonna easily stick them together um it makes for a good day let's move on to yeah. let's move on to our sits here um i'm gonna go with a guy you might be upset with this i'm gonna i'm sitting joshua dobbs at the broncos now okay joshua dobbs easily a fan favorite he's got great tiktoks putting out great content there on on twitter or x um he's putting out some funny stuff great interviews i, I love the dude Last year's Geno Smith, basically just a guy you want to root for because he's been an underdog his entire career. But the Broncos are not a team to be picked on anymore. So I'm going to give you some stat lines uh, of, of QBs. And you tell me if this is a good stat line on the week, okay? All right. All right, let's start. Uh, 240 yards, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions. Ooh, not so good. Not so good. Yeah, that's not, not a great day there. All right, what about... Um, 177 yards, one touchdown, and two interceptions. Pretty bad. All right. Well, what if I told you that was Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen? Because yeah, they, the old... they play they played the Broncos, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, over the past month, the, the Broncos are allowing an average uh, less than 200 yards passing. They hold mobile quarterbacks in check. If, if, you, start, if you start them against uh, you know, Joshua Dobbs, Against the Broncos, I think you're going to get Joshua Sobs. So a oh. little, little knee slapper there for the folks. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too excited. I totally get it, and he's been great on the season. But I, I 
little scary for me. No, I, I get it. Uh, Denver's defense has kind of, I guess, finally got to where I thought they'd be at the start of the season. Yeah. I guess it just took them about half the season to get there because I looked at the talent on that defense and said, wow, you know, what a, they're just stacked. And then at the start of the year, it was just like, oh, no, they're terrible. Yeah. Anyone can just go run all day on them or, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They, they they wrapped up last year and they were like a top five defense. And going into this year, you you know, not a lot of movement and you expect kind of the same thing. And it was, yeah, they were probably the worst in the league. But what's going to happen if you look at some of these, if you only look at it from, you know, uh, a full season category, then they're still going to be close to the bottom of the list just because of that matchup with Miami. But you've got to, you've got to, you know, it's going to skew the results. you got to move that out of the way and then see how they rebounded from there. And like I said, they've just been kind of shutting down people. Not not quite uh, everybody, but I mean, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen didn't have a great game. So, yeah, I think it could be it could be a long day for Joshua Dobbs. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It's scary. I mean, Minnesota's offense has been, you know, about as good as, as anyone, not quite in the elite, but they've been a very, very good offense. But, no, it'll be it'll be tough for Joshua Dobbs, but I look forward to him just beating the odds again. Yeah, yeah. And Alexander Madison, he didn't practice on Wednesday. I think we both expect him already to miss the game, so it's gonna be Ty Chandler, kind of a backup uh, situation there. And then Justin Jefferson still limited at practice, so I, I'm still in the belief that he's not gonna play. I think they hold him out till past the bye. Um, but nevertheless, you know they they've been clicking without these guys. And um, yeah, I it's, it's it's it sucks to root against him. He's a fan favorite, but yeah, I'm I'm, I'm not sure he gets it done this week. Yeah, no, it's a tough matchup for him. I I concede that. Um, I'm gonna go with a guy who we just mentioned because he's so good. So again, this is probably someone you're starting, but if you have something to pivot to, I would look to pivot, and that's Josh Allen. Uh, Josh Allen's got the Jets this week. Yeah. We've talked about, I mean, the Jets before, they have shut down elite cornerback or quarterbacks and shut down elite offenses uh, in the passing game. And things aren't going well in Buffalo right now. Um, I don't think firing their OC is going to turn their season around. I actually, I mean, Ken Dorsey must be really bad at calling plays, I guess, but he's an amazing, he's amazing at developing quarterbacks. He developed Josh Allen uh, from a guy who was all, you know, everyone thought was going to be a bust out of college into who Josh Allen is now, which is fantastic. So, you know, I guess he's just not good at calling plays, but man, can he develop quarterbacks? But yeah, I think Josh Allen struggles against the Jets this week. No, I I totally agree with it. That's kind of a precursor to um, a sit that I have later on in the episode. But um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna hop into the running back so we can we can rush over to that Jets game again. But um, Isaiah Pacheco, I'm setting him here this week versus the Eagles. You know, rubber meets the road. It is it is a good running back, but a even better defense. Um, this one right here, running backs against the Eagles, and this is as a whole, not just the starter, but running backs as a whole against the Eagles are averaging 53 yards on the ground. They've only allowed two rushing touchdowns so far on the season to uh, opposing running backs. I think it's going to be a very tough matchup here for Isaiah Pacheco. 
Yeah, no, the Eagles are are killer against the run. I mean, that's just who they are. They're such a stout defense against the run. You can throw on them. So since you can throw on them and since it's really tough to run against them, most teams just go ahead and throw it on them. So makes sense yeah. that uh, running backs aren't going to have a very good day. Yeah, going to be a tough one. Uh, I'm going to go with Rashad White, Tampa's uh, running back for semi-similar reasons going against the San Francisco 49ers. A very tough defense, but they have, as you know, we found out they've allowed their fantasy points to come against them uh, in the receiving category to wide receivers, not so much in the running back. So White probably has a tough, I mean, he definitely has a tough matchup against San Francisco. Uh, I'd say his best case for having a decent to good fantasy week is that he catches a swing pass and manages to turn it into something because I don't think he's going to be doing much purely running the ball. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we were talking about the Broncos being kind of the turning their defense around. I think the same thing is happening with the you know 49ers. So coming out of the bye, they looked much better. They they got Chase Young. Um, so yeah, they're just they're just looking a lot better here on defense. I mean, Calvin Ridley was my my start of the week last week, and he didn't do anything. And that was supposed to be a layup matchup for the wide receivers playing the 49ers. But yeah, I mean, the, just the defense overall just absolutely dominated the Jaguars last week. Um, I totally get it, Rashad White. Like I said, if he makes anything, it's going to be in the passing game. It's going to be tough to rush yeah. on him. Um, he might be peppered with a, enough targets to make him relevant in like a PPR league, but you're really hoping he kind of takes something for a, a long run or a long pass because it's going to be it's going to be tough if he doesn't. Yeah. Um, you're talking about uh, Josh Allen as somebody you're tempering expectations. Going with one of his pass catchers, not Stefan Diggs. I can't quite go there, but I'm going to go with Gabe Davis. Uh, Versus the Jets, Mr. Hot and Cold himself. I mean, he has boom games. He has absolute dud games all the time. The Jets, they're still the best secondary in the league. That hasn't changed since day one. And they've allowed just still, I've mentioned this a few times, uh, probably two, three uh, weeks in a row, but it, you can hold almost all season. They've only allowed one receiving touchdown to wide receivers all season long. Um, you know, they changed the new OC, as you were mentioned. They go to Joe Brady. And if I'm him, personally, I'm saying, hey, Pass it to Diggs 100% of the time, basically, because he's your best player. I mean, you just lost last week, and you only targeted Stephon Diggs five times. Like, he needs to get more than that. He needs to have high volume. He's been that, you know, day in and day out. And that's that's how they were winning in previous seasons. You're not really seeing that here recently, and I think it's starting to bite him in the butt. Yeah, Gabe Davis is, he's always a big play, always a big threat to, you know, catch one and go to the house. But I'm not banking on that, and I'm definitely not banking on it versus the Jets. Yeah, no, I mean, we both expect it to be a rough, rough outing for, you know, the passing offense of Buffalo, and that's, of course, going to carry over onto your receivers as well, so, yeah, that it makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, I am going to go with a guy coming off a big, big week, and I think he slows down quite a bit this week. So, Tyler Boyd for Cincinnati, he was, you know, Big, big time last week, eight catches for 117 yards against the Texans. This week he faces Baltimore. It's an entirely different story. Uh, just the defenses and specifically the past defenses of Baltimore and Houston are on different levels. Baltimore is 
much better at shutting down guys. And I think that they shut down Tyler Boyd. Um, unfortunately, after a great week, I think he, he cools back down considerably. Yeah, I mean, T. Higgins already been ruled out, so that's going to give him a little more run with the ones. I mean, he's he's projected to be the wide receiver too, although, like I said, Trent Irwin was getting a, a little bit of run there. But, yeah, it's not an ideal matchup. Baltimore Ravens, um, you know, Thursday Night Football. Who do, you, who do you have winning that game, the Bengals versus the Ravens? I mean, that's a tough one. Right now I'd take Baltimore. Yeah, same. And, and they're at home too, so I'm, I'm just going to lean that way. It makes it a little easier. Um, but yeah, I mean, Tyler Boyd, like I said, he's going to get more looks, but not a, not an ideal matchup last week was, whereas against Houston, um, they're kind of a sieve in that, in that department, but yeah, yeah. so it's not, if he does anything, it's, it's PPR based. I'm not sure it's not really going to be in yardage. So yeah, not a, not a great day there for, for Tyler Boyd. Um, let's go ahead. I'm going to go on to my tight end sit of the week. And I'm going to give you guys a, a little a freebie, all right? I'm going with the twofer. I'm going Pat Fryermuth at the Browns if he plays. Um, if he doesn't, I'm going Evan Ingram versus the Titans. I'll give you an explanation on him as well. Um, but the Browns, it's very simple. They are the best against the tight end position. Combine that with uh, Fryermuth, who's coming back from a hamstring injury, which is the easiest injury to re-aggravate in the football uh, life. So um, it, it's pretty common for that to be re-aggravated. He's been sidelined since week four. Even when he wasn't sidelined, Deontay Johnson wasn't there, and he still wasn't really doing much. It was just George Pickens he has to pick out. Now Deontay Johnson's back. George Pickens is kind of evolving. I'm totally out on Pat Fryermuth. And like I said, he is limited here um, you know, throughout the week at practice, so he may not suit up. So like I said, I'm going to give you a little freebie. I'm going Evan Ingram as well versus the Titans. The Titans... They're, they're neck and neck with the Browns as far as against the tight end. They are very good against the tight end position. They're an absolute sieve to the uh, wide receivers. They let wide receivers cook them on the regular week in and week out. But the tight end position, they haven't let a tight end get a touchdown on them all season. And, you know, Evan Ingram's been arguably a top uh, 12 tight end so far on the season. And I'm not sure he really does it. Uh, they just kind of game plan for them. And Evan Ingram should have a bad day here on Sunday. Yeah, odds are that they will, uh, just based on the season rankings. I mean, you got to go with what you've seen so far this year, and the Titans have been strong against the tight end. So it, you know, goes to figure that they'll continue to be strong. Um, I mean, kind of like any player, there's always a chance that they can grab a tight end or <laughs> grab a touchdown that will save their fantasy day. but. Evan Ingram hasn't been good at that either this year, so more than likely a bad week for him. Yeah, and the tight end pool is kind of bigger than it has been in recent years. I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that are coming, coming coming to the forefront, especially with the rookies like Laporta, Kincaid, Musgrave. Like, there's a lot of names that are Michael Mayer um, that are coming up. So, yeah, I think it just makes the pool a little bit easier for you to audible if it's not an ideal matchup. Yeah, it's definitely, it's been less shallow, which is great for fantasy folks. Um, well, speaking of rookie tight ends, uh, rookie tight end is my sit of the week, and it is Dalton Kincaid, Buffalo. Um, I mean, we've kind of gone over the reasons so far. I think that uh, New York shuts down, they shut down tight ends as well. They don't just shut down receivers. So they're good against the pass across the board. Um, it looks like it's going to be, I mean, with all this talk 
you mentioned it. It's got to be a Stefan Diggs week, right? Yeah, I, I would hope so. I mean, it, it it does scare me, like I said, with the OC change, how they how they want to do that. I mean, Kincaid's been great over the past month, but um, not an ideal matchup. And you know, who knows what uh, Joe Brady ends up firing up? Maybe they maybe they don't use Kincaid as much. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. There's you know, with with tight ends, even though it's gotten deeper, you may not have a great audible to off of Kincaid and I get that but I think he might be in for a tough week this week yeah certainly a uh like I said where you could audible to somebody else um type situation just like I said the matchups you want to kind of play those um when you can let's go ahead and wrap this up I'm going to go with my defense uh sit of the week and this this right here as a defense we've we've loved basically all season they've kind of propelled themselves to the upper echelon it's the Chiefs uh, I'm saying the Chiefs versus the Eagles, the Super Bowl rematch, the game of the week. I feel like the Chiefs defense, like I said, uh, in this matchup right here, it's, it's a 46-point over-under. I'm curious of where you land on that. I personally have them hitting the over. Um, history would kind of say that, Super Bowl 38-35, 2021, even when they didn't have A.J. Brown, 42-30. to So it's been absolute shootouts, but the Chiefs defense is playing lights out. Where do you have this, uh, where do you have the over-under at? You know, I'd actually, I, I'd be kind of the surprise and take the under. Um, I've I've been taking the under on a lot of Chiefs games, and it's worked out. I just think they're kind of a different team this year than they've been. Could, I mean, against Philadelphia, you know, Philadelphia can put up 35 against anybody, so it's it could definitely be wrong, but I would lean towards the under. Yeah, no, and this, you know, you pick the under on every game throughout the season, you're, you're definitely going to come out positive just because it's, um, you know, every game starts out 0-0, right? But, and I totally yeah. get it. I, I, I get both sides of it. Like I said, the Chiefs defense has played lights out. That's why this one's a little bit of a, um, kind of like your Josh Allen, right? You're not sitting him, but you certainly want to temper expectations. But I think it's a good defense, meaning a good offense. I mean, when I say good offense, their third highest points, fifth highest yards per game. Um, it scares me just a little bit picking this with uh, Jalen Hurts. I'm not sure if he's still hobbled. Um, you know, it, it was last week, well, the week before his bye, he was kind of limping off the field, and he finished the game and everything like that. He's a tough dude, but, um, yeah, if he doesn't have the mobility or, you know, they maybe they kind of fail on the uh, you know, tush-push, brother, brotherly shove, mm -hmm. if you will. We saw that with Kyler Murray. They, they you know, they ended up putting Clayton Toon out there and pushing him instead because they didn't want him to get re-aggravated with his injury. Yeah. Um, so hopefully the bye week helped his recovery, but I think the Eagles are going to put up a good amount of points. Like I said, I'm on the overside, um, but I – I totally get both sides of, of picking the uh, the under in this matchup. Yeah, I mean, it should be a heck of a game no matter what. It should be entertaining, so, you well, know, like, we're all looking forward to it. And I've got to ask you on this one, too, and this is another great game. We talked about Thursday Night Football. We we both got the Eagle or both got the Ravens. Do you got the Birds here again? I do. I've got Philly. I'm, you know, I think Philly's the best team in the league right now. Uh, they'll occasionally lose a game, and a team as talented as the Chiefs could always win. But uh, I'm sticking with Philly. Yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm gonna go that way as well. Um, I, I it's it's gonna be so awesome to watch because they both coming out of the bye, so they you know they're, they're they've got a good game plan going into this matchup. I think it's Monday Night Football. Although every every this is gonna be the most watched game, uh, probably so far of the season. I mean, Super Bowl rematch. So it's gonna it's gonna yeah. be a great one. 
Yeah, no, it, it'll be a great football, which is all we can really ask for. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with a little bit of a surprising sit for defense here. I'm going with Cleveland for a couple reasons. Now, Cleveland, great defense. Uh, and they're playing Pittsburgh, who's not really, I mean, I'm not a Kenny Pickett fan or believer, so it doesn't really make sense. I just think that they're going to completely fail on that complimentary football. You know, the, their defense is going to be out there way too much. And when the defense is just out there the whole game, it doesn't work out, you know, no matter how talented you are. That, yeah, I just, I don't think the uh, the complimentary football is going to work out for Cleveland and their defense is going to unfortunately end up paying for it. Yeah, we, we see it uh, pretty often. You know, the time of possession can be... Um... It can can really put this, you know the brakes on a lot of a lot of teams. Um, I'm looking at the time of possession in the Browns uh, Ravens game that they played earlier in the season, and it looks mm-hmm. like it was 35 to 25, which isn't too crazy skewed. Um, but I I could I could easily see it going the the other way as you were kind of saying. I I think Cleveland's still probably one of my top ones like I said they I had I had the Steelers as my 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 start of the week but I wouldn't be upset with either side just I feel like yeah. that offense isn't in the over under I said 32 point over under it's just so low that maybe you you don't make those uh you don't have that high scoring so maybe even if there's no turnovers you just don't get a lot of points against you or a lot of yards um so I kind of get yeah, I get both sides but yeah if if it, we see it all the time with with defenses getting taxed. If, if Dorian Thompson Robinson <laughs> turns it over, you know, four times like he did last time or three times, then it is it's going to be a very long day. Those guys are going to be gassed on the defensive side for sure. Yeah, and you know those turnovers are just setting up the offense to score points because yeah. it's you're pretty much always in good field position when you get a turnover. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that that's a that's a good point. All right, that has been our Starts and Sits episode here. We talked a little bit about uh, some of our favorite guys. Uh, please, Tony Pollard, come through on the Panthers. I need it. We need to manifest this, please. Um, go ahead, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, send some candles and some gifts our way of, uh, you know, Tony Pollard, uh, you know, uh, hopes and dreams. They, they lie right here. We need it. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Draft Dive and at underscore Colt Williams. Um, also, check out the website, uh, DraftDive.com, and then also the Patreon as well. We're kind of uh, hitting it up there. How were the How are the bets going here last week, Boris Jonah? Uh, pretty good, five and two. So I'll I'll take a five and two week any week. Yeah, anything over five hundred, we'll we'll certainly take. So yeah, that's uh that's looking good in that in that position. I, I I love the eight leg parlays and it's just oh, so recently it's just been the last leg just one little leg unusually a give me um, type of situation like it was any time touchdown for Christian McCaffrey mm. of all people to let me down Christian McCaffrey huh all right yeah. well <laughs> enough reminiscing over over Tony Pollard Christian McCaffrey and other running backs let's go ahead we'll sign us off here. Um, any other parting words or anything like that here for us, Jonah, or are we going to see the people back on Monday? Yeah, no, just, uh, yeah, definitely check out Draft Dive 2, not just for fantasy content, but for the scouting reports, and thank you all for listening. All right, see you guys Monday for the Waiver Wire episode. Yeah. Yeah.